Welcome to the Authentic Life Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Wusk. I'm a master certified life coach, author, personal trainer, and nutrition specialist. For over a decade, I've been helping people with their dreams and goals for their life and health. I spent many years watching people get frustrated with their journey in life and giving up on taking actions towards their goals. So I dug in deep to find answers to why so many of us face this same frustration and struggle in life. So in this podcast, we're going to dive in deep on topics surrounding what it means to consistently live a fulfilling and authentic life, where you are unstoppable in taking action towards your dreams and goals. So the only question is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You picked a great episode to listen in on because we're talking about something that I feel like all all humans experience in life. Some of us, um, you know, experience it a little bit more deeply than others. You know, this is how the human experience works, is that some of us are a little bit more sensitive and prone to specific emotional, um, I'm going to call it like emotional pots than other people. And it's something that I have personally in my life struggled with. And I want to remind you guys of this, just as a friendly reminder. Everything that I talk about on this podcast is something that I have probably personally dealt with at some point in time in my life. Either that or sometimes some of the stuff I talk to you guys about is stuff that I'm seeing a lot of my clients facing. Um, Maybe it's not something that I've directly dealt with, but indirectly dealt with in my life. But most of the things that I talk with you all about, I talk with you about them. And most of the things that I help my clients with are things that I have dealt with directly in my life. And What we're talking about today with worry is something that I definitely struggled with for so long in my life. I used to be on anti-anxiety medication because of the amount of worrying that I was doing. I was having panic attacks. I was really in a non-functional place with my anxiety and my worry in my life at one point in time. So when I talk about this with you all today, I want you all to understand that I'm not coming at you from the space of holier than thou, better than you, and like, uh, you know, this is just something that you all are so, you know, I don't know, broken for dealing with in life. I'm talking to you all about this because I have dealt with it in my own life, and I know that there is a way out because I've done it with my own life, and I've done it with my clients' lives, and I want you all to have the same opportunity. So when we talk about this today, just I want you all to realize I'm talking from a space of absolute compassion. Even when I joke around about this and I talk about how absurd some some things that we do with worry, I'm speaking from a space of experience and compassion and knowing. I'm not speaking from a space of just looking at this from a conceptual perspective. I, my friends, you can ask any of my friends that knew me five to ten years ago how bad I was in my state of anxiety and worry constantly. I mean, it was so debilitating. So that's what I want to talk about today is this concept of worry. And a lot of you all might call this anxiety because this is how worry presents itself for people when it becomes sort of a a habitual loop for them is that it manifests itself in what we call anxiety these days, you know, worrying constantly. And the truth is we can 
worry about things from the past in a way. But even when we worry about things from the past, what we're actually worrying about is how someone might interpret things from the past in the future and how that's going to affect our future. So typically speaking, when I talk about worry, what we're talking about is like future case scenarios that we are worrying about. And that is that's kind of what we're going to focus on today. So basically, worry is just mental distress resulting from concern or fear of a future potential problem. It's to think about things that might happen in a way that creates distress, fear, and or unhappiness. And I want to stress that. It is potential problems and things that might happen, okay? And what I want to talk about today is how worry is such a massive waste of our creative energy, a misuse of our creative energy. It is us giving our creative energy to our primitive brain and all of its outdated biological wiring and say, here, take my creative energy and make up a story about the future that I'm going to live from. And this is what we do when, when we when we actively worry. And that's something I want to differentiate today, is that when I'm talking about worry, there is a difference between experiencing the emotion of worry and then actively worrying. And what I want to talk about today is how we can experience the emotion of worry and we can move through that in an empowered way without actively worrying and it creating this anxiety that runs our life for us. Because this worry, like I said, is a massive waste of creative energy because we are using creative energy. We are creating a story in our head about a potential future scenario and catastrophizing it and then living as if that's true when it hasn't happened yet. That is such, I want you guys to understand how much creativity that takes up for us to do. We are literally making up a story about the future and making it what we call the worst case scenario, but it's not actually, we're going to talk about that a bit later, making up what we think is some worst, imaginary worst case scenario, and then living as if it's inevitable, it's going to happen, we need to protect ourselves from it. My friends, that's, that is a lot of creative energy, and I want you to understand the amount of power that creative energy and that story has in your life. And you're doing that. You're creating that. You have a ton of power here, but you're using it for worry and to actively worry. So what's interesting here is that we believe that worry is protecting us. And the truth is that worry is our primitive brain doing what it does best, trying to protect us by keeping us in this survival mode of life. And we've already discussed this before, but surviving is no longer what we're wanting to do. We live in a world now where survival is not our main objective. We've got, you know, medicines to cure diseases. We've got shelter. We have food. We have ability to, you know, make friends and have, we we have social circles. And if one group of people doesn't like us, there's another group of people. It's not like if one group of people doesn't like us, we're going to be at risk of not having food, not having shelter, not having protection, and we're just going to die. We, we're not facing like people dying from living out in the elements and not having running water, food, shelter, heat, 
You know, we're not living in a time like this now, although some countries are still in this place because our first world countries are just like hoarding all the resources of the planet and creating. But that's that's a story for another time. But the truth of the matter is, in most of the world, we're not facing a survival need anymore. We've created a world in which survival is already taken care of. We want to live life now which is what life coaches are here for. And I hear so many of you out there, why do I need a life coach? When I, we're, I'm going to talk about that in another episode. But anyways, so the primitive brain, what worry is actually, what's going on with worry is that we are handing over our future story to the primitive brain and saying, here, write it for me. Okay, the primitive brain's like, heck yeah, I'll write it for you. And the primitive brain's like, all right, so what do I do? And the primitive brain's like, all right, avoid discomfort, avoid uncertainty, seek pleasure, and, you know, stay alive and survive. So th- this is what your primitive brain is like, okay, how do I write a story to make sure that this happens? Okay, well, we need to avoid this right here, and we need to avoid that right there. And oh my god, what if that happens over there? That could be dangerous. That could be catastrophic. So we got to worry about that over there. And like, this could possibly happen. So we don't do that. And the brain gets to work on just writing these catastrophic stories about if we get out there and take certain actions that we want to take to create the life that we want, that it's going to have catastrophic results that are going to ruin our life and we're going to possibly die. And that's what worry is. <laughs> that's literally what worry is. We basically just hand over the pen and the paper that is meant for us to, to consciously write our future story and what we want and then take action on it. And we just hand it to the primitive brain and say, here, you write it for me and tell me what to do. And that's where worry comes in. That's worry for you. Because then our, our higher self knows what it is that we actually want to do. And anytime we start thinking about that, the primitive brain comes in with its little script. And it's like, oh, nope. And it's like holding up the script and reading through it. And it's like, remember here, this happens in this story. And then if you do that, then this will happen. And then this, and remember, you don't want that. And so, and so the brain comes in and just is like, so we're not going to do that now. Remember, worry, 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 stay away from it. And this is what we do with worry. And what's interesting is that we think that, that what we're doing is protecting ourselves from disappointment, shame, guilt, embarrassment, possibility of feeling like we're a failure, rejection, or risk. And the truth is that worry doesn't protect us from those things. Not at all. And the, the other part of this is that when we avoid areas of life to avoid what we worry about, we avoid taking actions that we want to take in life to create the life we want. And so we internally experience all of these things that we're trying to protect ourselves from Because we choose to fail before we even take action. We choose to feel ashamed of ourselves and wanting certain things so we don't take the action. We feel guilt. We feel embarrassed that we cannot create the life that we want while we sit back and envy other people who do. So we feel that because we're worrying. So it's like literally all of the things that we think we're protecting ourselves from, we're just choosing to create it ahead of time. And what's interesting is that so many people who are are doing this and living in that story of worry, and I know I did this for so long, and this is how I know you all are doing it, and because all of my clients are telling me the same thing. So many of us are living in these stories that are being run by worry, and we don't even believe that they're a story anymore. We're living in them as if it's just a fact. We believe them so much that it's not just a story to us anymore. They're simply just facts about life and what is going to happen based on what has happened before. But the truth is, it is just a story. And if it is just a story, why are we picking that story? I ask people this all the time. And I often hear people telling me when I tell them how they have the ability to write a different story about their future 
and and a future that they want and they always say something like they'll say something to me like oh i don't want to be delusional i don't want to i don't want to believe that i could just get out there and do what i want i don't want to be delusional i want to be realistic <laughs> and i have to laugh at this and i laugh at this because i did it too so it's it's funny to me because i i've done it and i see so many of you all doing it and it's funny because it's optional because here's the thing so many of you think that somehow allowing your primitive brain to write the story for you catastrophically, as if it's just going to go all horrible, worst case scenario, you think somehow that is more realistic than writing it as if it would be fantastic. And I just want you to think about that for a minute. You are literally not giving yourself permission to write the story you want because you want to be realistic So you're living from another completely opposite unrealistic story. My friends, neither story is realistic. They're just a story until you make it happen. And so if you live from the story of worry, you will make it happen. And that's what I'm here trying to show you is that (laughs) worry is not real, but you're allowing it to be real in your life. You are making it real in your life. It is not that it is real. It is an imaginary story that once you live it, you make it real. So if it is an imaginary story that when you live it, you make it real, why don't you live another story? Why don't you write another story and live that one and make it real? That's my question for you. And I know some of you are like, oh, well, I don't, I just want to be realistic. Well, yeah, of course, we all want to be realistic, but the truth is, All of us, our future story is not realistic. It's made up. You're making it up anyways. So make it one that you want and then make it real. That's what I'm telling you all to do here. And you have the power to do it. And I know you have the power to do it because look at what worry is doing in your life. That's an imaginary story and you're making it real. So why are you doing that? I want to know. Why are you doing it? I did it for so long and I, I thought it was because it was protecting me. So I want you to realize this. The story that you're living from is made up anyways. So why is it that so many of us feel like we're stuck with this worrisome story of the future? A lot of it has to do with the fact that most people, like I said, they're allowing their primitive brain to take the pen and paper from their hands and write the the future story for them. And they have not practiced the conscious process of writing their own story. It's a very unpracticed thing. What they're practiced at doing is handing over the pen and paper to the primitive brain and just believing whatever it writes. And remember, the primitive brain's drives and preconceptions, they're going to be wired towards a negativity bias because it believes that it can keep you safe and alive this way, which to an extent was true at one point in time. But in the modern context, where we're not just fighting to survive and stay alive, that's not the goal anymore. We want to live lives where we contribute and that are fulfilling for us. Survival tactics aren't going to get us there. But we're letting the primitive brain run the show And so that's what you have at the forefront of what is running your life for you and choosing the outcomes of your life for you. So many of you have become so practiced at allowing the primitive part of the brain to convince you to just hand over the keyboard, hand over the pen, hand over the paper, whatever it is that you imagine writing the story of your life on, handing it over and and then allowing it to tell you what is possible for your future. And then the primitive brain goes about scratching through possible big dreams here and convincing you how that's too dangerous and it'll point back to evidence from your past about look at how that happened and, you know, so therefore you can't do this in the future because it might happen again and remember how you felt about that and 
you know, it, and, and it talks about these things as if it's a fact. Like, when this happened, you had to feel this. And so, therefore, if you do this again, this is going to happen again. And you're going to have to feel this again. Avoid, 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 avoid. And we, we go into the state of emotional victimhood. And we don't own our power. And the fact that we don't realize, like, our emotional experience of things in the past... It happened in our unawareness, and now we have can, we have the power back, and we can choose our emotional experience in the future, and what we do in response to that, and we just hand over the, the pen and paper to the primitive brain and say, here, yeah, just, just tell me what's possible for my future. And then we wonder why we're living lives that we don't want. Well, that's why. That is why. And the reason why so many of us do this is because we've been taught to do it for so long, and we're so practiced at doing it, that doing it the other way feels so awkward for us. It feels so awkward to take the pen and paper back and we're like, wait, what 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 do you mean write a story that I want? What do how do how do I write a story about what I want? No, I I've got to I've got to worry about this over here and I've got to worry about that over there. Remember? And we just go right back to that story. And this is why so many of us are doing it. And I want to show you all today there's a way out of it. There is a way out of it. You don't have to keep handing the pen and paper to this story of worry in your life. And for those of you out there suffering with anxiety, I'm here to tell you that is where this comes from. You have become so practiced at doing it. And it's not because you're broken. I feel like most of us <clears throat> that that have this, what we call anxiety today, it is coming from the fact that as as children, before we knew our power in creating our emotional experience, before we had the ability to physically create our experience because we were too young and, and still learning how to live life, before we were able to take our authority in our life, we experienced a lot of trauma. We experienced things being taken away from us. We experienced emotional abuse. We experienced physical abuse. And so our brain went about doing what it does best to help us survive and brought up the story of worry to protect us from those things. And so we've lived from that story of worry. We've become hypervigilant in avoiding things that could possibly harm us. And that's not because there's something wrong with us. But we have to realize now we're adults. We have the ability to take the steering wheel back in our life and, and choose a life that we want. We're no longer protecting ourselves from the big bad wolves, the adults in our life, that are also suffering and taking that suffering out on us, we are now authorities in our life. We now have conscious ability to take our brains and do what we want. It's no longer survival mode. Anxiety is a symptom of survival mode, my friends. And I am here to tell you there is a way out of it. I no longer take medication for anxiety. Now, I'm not saying that all of you that are, are on medication for anxiety will end up not taking it, but I, I feel like there is a way to need less of it or maybe none at all. And there is a way to manage the symptoms of it without needing to lean on medication to mask the symptoms of it. There is a way for you to show up for your anxiety empowered and use it in a way to create the life you want versus it debilitating you from the life you don't want. And I speak from experience here. Guys, I used to be on one of the highest doses possible of Klonopin. And I, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's basically like Xanax, only like I think it's actually stronger than Xanax. And they had me literally on the maximum dose possible that they were allowed to give a person without it just putting them to sleep <laughs> to, to control my anxiety. And for years, I was dependent on this medication to even be able to sleep for one hour at nighttime, 
Without it, I could not sleep. I would sit up at night and worry and worry and worry and run through every possible scenario of what was going to happen the next day that was going to screw up my life for me and why, how I needed to protect myself from it and not do the things that I wanted to do because I needed to focus on staying away from the, And my, my friends, it ru- I wrecked my own life by handing that story over to worry, my future story over to worry. And it wasn't until years later when I healed the trauma that I had gone through as a child and realized that I was living from a story of trauma. I was living from a story of trauma that was rewriting the story of trauma in my present as an adult. It wasn't until then that I I had the, the power back to take the pen and paper back of my story and realize, yes, that happened. That happened and I made it. And here I am today and I get to, that story is no longer happening. It's simply a story now in my head. And I get to make it mean whatever I want it to mean about what is, what it means for the rest of my life. What it means about who I am as a person. I get to write that story now. I am an adult. I am an empowered human being with a brain. I am magnificent. I am a badass. And I get to rewrite that story in a way that empowers me to show up in my life to create what I want from life. I no longer have to avoid life. I don't have to protect myself from life anymore because I'm in charge now. I'm the sovereign being in this life now. Not the big bad wolves that I need to protect myself from. They're no longer in charge of my life. They don't get to tell me what is possible for my life anymore. I get to pick that. And it wasn't until I knew this about my worry and realized what I was doing that I was able to take the pen back and and rewrite the story. Because what I was doing was allowing my past story to write my future story. And so many of you all are doing this, and that's why I want to talk to you all about this today, because I did it for so long. It's a thing called confirmation bias. When we are worrying, when we are letting worry write the story and point to things in our past that happened and be like, remember when that happened? Remember how you had to feel like this because this happened? And we let it tell us all of these things about how it's going to, things. these things are going to happen again in the future and we're going to have to feel this way about them and, oh my God, that's going to be so terrible. And so what we end up doing is because of confirmation bias, we look for evidence of those stories repeating in our life, and therefore we recreate them over and over and over and over and over again in our life. And so we keep living the same story over and over again, and we don't even realize that we have handed the pen over, that we have the authority to grab and write a story that we want. Because you're writing a story in your head, whether you're consciously doing it or letting your primitive brain do it. And it's made up. It's not true until you make it true, until you live from it. So I'm telling you, take the pen back and write a story that you want and then make it true. You have the power to do this. And that's what I'm here today to, to explain to you how to how we can start doing this. Because if you let worry run the show, confirmation bias is going to cause you to relive your past over and over and over and over again in your present until you choose to heal it. Because that's literally what it's trying to do is it's wanting to solve the problem of the past because you haven't healed it yet. And so because you haven't healed it yet, you don't recognize the fact that you have the ability to write a new story. So you won't take the pen back and write that new story. So it's almost like part of you is trying to help you heal the past by rewriting the story over and over again and giving you opportunity over and over again to realize, I don't have to live this story anymore. I don't have to. This isn't me. 
This is old trauma that came from a time when I did not give my life permission to write this story because I was not aware that I had the ability to give it permission to. And now you do. So I'm here to remind you, you are an adult now. You have the authority to give that permission of who writes that story. Give it to yourself. Stop letting worry run the show. One thing I find really fascinating about worry worry and anxiety about future scenarios is that the exact scenario that we play out in our head that we're so worried about isn't even, it almost never happens. And even if it in some way possibly happens and resembles that, it's not exactly what we imagined. And it's only happening because of confirmation bias, because we believed it was going to happen. And so we took action from that belief. And then we got out there and looked for evidence of it. And so that we create that story as being true. And then we confirm it. And then we put it into our pile of evidence of why we need to keep worrying about it so that we don't create it again. And this is what happens with worry. We get stuck in that cycle. And we think we think that we need to hold on to it because it's protecting us. But really what we're doing is telling the brain to get out there and look for all of the things that we want to avoid only so that we focus on it. And then we believe it's true for life. And so we make our lives smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until all that's left is us and our worry in it. And then the medication that we take to mask the worry. And I know because this is, this was my life for the longest time. I want to like my late twenties and even into like, I'd say my first couple of years of my thirties, that was my life. It was me, my worry and my medication and the few friends that I trusted to be close enough to me in my life to call a friend. Everyone else, I kept at an arm's distance. Even my friends, I kept at an arm's distance because I was worried. My life just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was worried about that happening and I was making it happen. I was literally creating the story of my life as being true and then living it and making it true for me. And the things that we worry about, the things that I worried about, the possible future scenarios... They never actually happened. They never happened. Never factually. I could twist the the scenario around because I was so worried and looking for the confirmation bias, you know, looking for the evidence of it. I could twist any scenario around to be like, see, that's exactly what I said was going to happen. And then now that I'm, I'm looking back on my life from a, a totally different story, I can see now how I took scenarios and did so many mental gymnastics to prove what I was worried about as being true so that I could validate the fact that, look, I had a reason to worry. I did have a reason to worry. See, that's why I needed to worry right there. And by looking for that evidence, I was literally subconsciously creating the things in my life that I wanted to avoid. And I want you all to recognize that so many of you out here are doing this too. And there's so much powerful, powerful realization in that. Worry is such a powerful representation of what the brain and its thinking can produce in the reality of our actual life. And this is where worry becomes problematic. Because the story it causes you to act out produces results in your life that you don't actually want. And then you feel anxious about those results without even realizing you're the one creating it. And and this is not blame. This is not blame. This is about taking responsibility. This is about seeing your part in this so that you can take ownership of it and be like, wait, if I'm doing this, then I can do something different. 
It's not about blame. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that you've been taught to do this your whole life. And I want to show you there's another way. Responsibility is about seeing the fact that you can respond differently to create different results. And I want you to see that. Because what you want is a story about what you actually want to happen in life. And then believe that and act on it and therefore create that in your life. But you're not doing it because you keep handing the pen and paper over to worry. And this creates another problem because worry uses up a ton of creative energy. And then when we want to use that creative energy to write a story that we want, we feel so drained of creative energy because we've spent it all on writing these detailed, realistic stories of the worst possible case scenario and planning out how we're going to avoid it. And we've used up all of our creative energy on that. But what we want is the creative energy for a story in our life that we actually want, and then planning that out and taking action from that. But since we're so not practiced at creating those stories, what we're more practiced at doing is just handing it over to worry we don't have the we don't have the energy left to get in there and practice writing the stories that we want because that takes a ton of energy. It takes a ton of energy at first to practice writing and creating out the details of story that we actually want in life because we're not used to doing it. It's like going out and running for the first time. The first time you go out and try and run, it's it's freaking exhausting. And then the more times you do it, your legs and your lungs get used to doing it. It takes a little bit less energy to do it. And you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And we build up the practice of it. It's the same with writing stories about our future. It's not that you can't write a story about what you want. It's that you're not practicing it. And you're letting all of your creative energy go that you would want to use to practice this. You're letting it all go into worry. And again, I want to clarify here. We're not talking about worry the emotion. Because worry the emotion is not a problem. We can face worry the emotion. It's the act of worrying that I'm talking about. It's the action of feeling the emotion of worrying, of worry, and then reacting to it by handing it the pen and paper and being like, yes, tell me what the future story is that I need to avoid so I can live that avoidance of that future story only to create it in the long run. And then worry will keep you playing small and avoiding all things in life that would actually help you create the life you want. I want you to think about that. When you worry and you live out worry, you avoid, you think you're avoiding risk. But here's the thing. When we want to begin creating a life that we want that is different in the results than what we currently have, there will be risk involved because newness and uncertainty comes with risk. We don't know yet what's going to happen when we take the action. That's the point. We take the action, we find out what happens, then we learn from it, and we do it again. So many of you all, like, it's you worst case scenario, oh, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to take action and I'm not going to get the results that I want, I need to avoid that, and that's like your worst case scenario, and I'm sitting here thinking, no, that's just, that's called getting started. <laughs> that's called learning. That's, that's, that's part of the process. If you're trying to avoid that, you're avoiding the very process that you want to create the life that you want because that is getting started. You will get out there. You will fall flat on your face. You're going to get some bumps and bruises and scratches. That's the point. That's how we learn how to do it. No one else is going to be... Yeah, we, we're, we're so used to getting these how-to guides that we think are going to explain to us how to do our life. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. No one's how-to is going to work for you. It can be like a loose scaffolding to kind of follow. But then when you get out there and do it, you're still going to fall down. That's the point. 
You will learn your how-to by getting out there, falling down, being like, well, that didn't work. What do I do next? And then doing it again until you find your how-to. That's how you learn your how-to. No one can give it to you because yours will be different than anybody else's because nobody else has done what you're trying to do from your lived experience that you have lived and therefore how you look at life. No one else is coming from that perspective because no one else has lived life through the lens that you have lived life. No one else has lived your life for you. So no one else can tell you how to do something. They can tell you how they did it, and then you can figure out how that's going to apply to your life. And this is what I love about coaching, because it's not about me telling you the how-to. It's me helping you discover your how-to and making you unstoppable and living it and creating it in your life. But yeah, so when, when we live from worry, we think we're avoiding risk. But the truth is we're not avoiding risk. Risk is still there anyways. And in the process, we avoid taking the risks that would create the life that we actually want. But we're still living in risk. We're just living in the risk of the life that's creating the stuff we don't want. So it's, it's kind of fascinating how we do this. We're also trying to avoid, you know, uncomfortable new situations. We're trying to avoid discomfort with worry. But guess what? Discomfort is, is like the secret sauce to personal growth. Because we're going to feel uncomfortable anytime we do something new. That is part of the deal. But the truth is, when we avoid the discomfort of the life, of, of taking the action of, of creating the life we want, we're still in discomfort because we're in the discomfort of living a life we don't want. So we're not even avoiding discomfort. We're avoiding the discomfort of the life that we want to live in the discomfort of the life that we don't want. I want you to think about that there. So many of you are doing this. And I know because I did it too. And we allow the primitive brain to convince us that we're avoiding discomfort and therefore we avoid the very situations that would provide us the opportunity of growing and changing our lives to the life we want, to the lives we want. And worry is going to put a, a complete halt on your personal growth in this way. Another way it's going to put a complete halt on your personal growth is that worry will convince you to not even consider your own dreams to reject them the moment that they come up, to choose failure the moment that they come up. Not even at the stage of taking action. Worry will go all the way back to the very act of dreaming and convince you that even dreaming is too dangerous for you and that you shouldn't even consider having dreams to begin with. And this is why I hear so many people, and I feel so sad when I hear people tell me, oh, no, no, no I don't have any big dreams for my life. And, and I know when I hear people tell me this, what has happened. They have allowed worry to write their story for so long that they've convinced themselves that they don't have dreams anymore because worry has convinced them it's too dangerous to dream. Because dreams mean uncertainty. Dreams mean possible failure. Dreams mean possible rejection. So worry has them, so many of you out there, Convinced to just choose rejection, choose failure, choose uncertainty, choose discomfort ahead of time. Reject your dreams, fail at your dreams, live in the uncertainty of never knowing what would happen if you lived your dreams out loud. Just choose that ahead of time. It's better. And so I hear so many of you out here living this life or surviving, not even living life, you're surviving a life that you don't even like and convincing yourself, just got to get through. You know, just have another piece of cake, just have another cookie, just have another glass of wine, just have another shot of whiskey, just have another beer, just watch another television show, just scroll through TikTok again, just scroll through Instagram, just, you know, watch another YouTube video, just do this over here and survive this life. It's safer than dreaming. Because, you know, if you dreamed, you might face rejection, but you're already rejecting yourself. 
You're already rejecting yourself and what you truly want out of life. And you've convinced yourself, you've convinced yourself that there's nothing that you actually want out of life anymore. But you, that's the thing though. The thing about this is part of you knows that that's bullshit. And that's why you're living in the discomfort of this life and having to constantly buffer in the life that you don't want because part of you knows that's not what you want. Part of you knows that there are dreams hidden underneath all of these layers of inauthentic buffering and hiding and worry. And that's why you are living in this life that you don't like and you're wondering why you can't control your weight and you're wondering why you can't control your drinking. You're wondering why you can't stop scrolling through TikTok. You're wondering why you can't get stuff done because you find yourself losing so much time, you know, hiding in your life on social media, in the bed, you know, just doing all of these things and not getting the stuff done that you want to get done in life because you're avoiding, 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 avoiding life because of worry. And then telling yourself you don't have dreams. So many of you are doing this. Worry is based in avoidance. But the thing is, what we think we're avoiding, we never actually avoid. We just choose it ahead of time. And worry is based in avoidance of past experiences. And in doing so, we let the story of our past experiences replicate itself over and over and over again in our future. And therefore, the past controls what is possible for our future. We never get to create a new life because we let the story of our past, write the story of our future. When we actively worry, this is what happens. We allow the primitive brain to trap us in a repeating story of a past that we don't even like, that we don't own, that we don't empower ourselves through, that we don't heal. And then we don't take the pen back and say, no, that's not the story of my life. This is. The truth is that story is made up anyways. That story is, even the story of your past is made up because as I've told you all before, we experience on a conscious level 0.000000000001% of actual reality. So even the story of your past is written from that, from the 40 to 50 bytes of information per second that you had your brain consciously take in and process. And it's not the reality. There were billions upon billions upon billions upon billions upon billions upon billions, and I could go on for 10 minutes here, of other pieces of information you could process per second in your past to write that past story, but you didn't because you didn't know that you had permission to. So the story that you have from your past, I want to encourage you to see it is made up. It's not true. You can heal it and you can rewrite it and you can stop allowing worry to use it to write your story of the future. So now, if you see this, if you're beginning to see this, I hope you are beginning to see this right now, my friends. Some of you might be asking, so then what do we do? What do we do when we worry? And I have the solution for you. I'm going to give you a brief little rundown of what you can do here. Something you can start putting into practice today. The first thing I want you to do is to tell yourself the truth. That worry is present. Let yourself know that on a conscious level. Right now, I am experiencing worry. Say it to yourself. Right now, I am experiencing worry. That is so important to acknowledge I am experiencing worry. It's not that you are experiencing a fact about life. You're not experiencing life right now. You are experiencing worry. I want you to name it. Claim it. I am experiencing worry. And then recognize worry is optional. It's an optional story. Worry is a story. This is the, this, the first step. I am experiencing worry. 
Worry is a story. That story is an optional story. I'm listening to a story that is being written by worry right now. Just by doing this in and of itself, I, I know from experience, it releases that 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 intense vibration that is going on in the background that keeps you like feeling stuck to the worry. Like it's like you're clinging to it. You're like magnetically attracted to it. It's almost like a force of nature. You can't get away from it just by saying, huh, I'm experiencing worry right now. Worry is a story. It's an optional story. And right now there is a story running in my head uh, that worry is writing and just notice that it's there. Let the story even be there. Listen to it. But listen to it with the awareness that it is an optional story that is being written by worry. Hear it out. Listen for what it says is the worst case scenario. Because this is the second step. I want you to hear out the worst case scenario. What is the worst case scenario? Can you come up with a solution of what would happen if the worst case scenario happened? A lot of times when when people, you know, tell me what their worst case scenario is, it's like, oh, well, then I'll, um, you know, go out there and I'll try and I'll fail and I'll end up right back here. And I'm like, so your worst case scenario is that you'll be right here in the life that you're already in. So you're going to choose to stay in the life you're already in to avoid the, I don't understand. So you're trying to avoid the worst case scenario by living the worst case scenario. It's, it's kind of funny because this is what we do. So we, we literally convince ourselves not to try because we're afraid we'll fail and end up right back where we are. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to invest the money because I don't want to lose the money. Okay, so then the question becomes, you know, it's, it's true. You may invest some money and you might not get the results you want. So is it worth it to take that risk? And then how would you recuperate the money? Come up with a plan. Come up with a plan. What will you do when that happens? And the truth is, when I ask people this, to play out their worst case scenario and tell me, okay, so when that happens, what will you do? And then they'll tell me, oh, I'll do this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, so you've got a plan. You've got a plan for worst case, for what you think is the worst case scenario. You've got a plan. So why are we worrying about it? If it happens, you've got a plan. Okay, so take that story, put it over to the side, let it run over there because you've already got a plan for it. It's an optional story. So we don't have to live from that story. And if it happens, you've got a plan. So why are we letting it run the show? Because here's the funny thing. That's not even the worst case scenario over there. The worst case scenario is that you never find out. You never try. You never know. And so you keep living the life that you're living without ever knowing what could have happened if you tried. That's your worst case scenario. Your worst case scenario, you're already living in it. And the other thing that you thought was the worst case scenario, you've got a plan for. So, all right. It's an optional story, one optional story. So if we know that's an optional story and we realize that the worst case scenario is that we don't ever actually take action and find out what would be possible, then, okay, we're now in this position where we can make a decision. We can make a decision about how we want to write the story in the future. So we're in this position now where we recognize worry is present. Worry is an optional story. Worry is telling us a worst case scenario. We've got a plan for that worst case scenario, but it's not the actual worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that I never find out what I'm capable of. And I just go through life, surviving life, and I get to the end always wondering what would have happened if I had just tried, if I had taken the action, gotten a result, and learned from it, and then taken another action, what would have happened? That's the worst case scenario, my friends is never discovering your potential. 
never discovering what would have been possible for you in this life if you showed up for the story that you wanted and instead you kept handing the pen over to worry to write the story for you. The worst case scenario is getting to the end of your life and realizing you have lived a story that you did not even consciously write. You let your brain, primitive brain, write it for you through the mode of survival. So when we're here, we're at this point, here's what we do next. We ask ourselves, what is the result that I want to happen in the best case scenario of this imaginary future situation that you now realize you have the ability to write the story for? Use your conscious creative energy for that while your subconscious mind runs its story in the background. Now, this takes time, it takes practice and effort, okay? Because your primitive brain is going to fight you on not paying attention to its story. So have compassion and patience for your human experience of having a fully evolved brain that is trained to to come at you and be like, no, 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 don't dream about that over there, that's dangerous. It's going to keep trying to throw the worry up. Have compassion for the fact that, rename it, yes, worry is present, worry is an optional story. I have a solution for the the possible scenario it thinks it's going to come up with. Look at that optional story over there. Now, what is it that I want to happen? Get back to. What is it that I want to happen? I want you to imagine as much as you can what it is that you want to happen in this future scenario and realize that it's going to feel difficult. It's going to feel tiring. You are strengthening a muscle in your brain that allows you to flip the switch from being a prisoner to your brain, a victim to your subconscious primitive brain, to being the empowered owner of a brain that runs it, okay? And that takes practice. You are learning to flip that switch here, okay? And it's going to take practice. So just because worry comes back and then you find yourself following the story of worry again, don't get mad at yourself. Don't get frustrated. Just recognize it's happening. Take the pen back. Practice it again. Recognize if it happens again. Take the pen back. Practice it again. Get back to this point every time where you are deciding what is the scenario that I want to happen here until you are able to write out a future best case scenario in your mind with all of the details of what it is that you want there, as much detail as you can get, all right? So practice this over and over and over again as many times as you need to until you can get to this point where you are writing out the details of what you want to happen in this future case scenario that you're worrying about. And then comes the fun part. <laughs> and I say it's fun. It's also work. It's it's challenging, but in a fun way. And that's to prepare for that future best case scenario. What do you need to bridge the gap to making that best case scenario happen for you? What actions do you need to take? What things will you need to practice and learn? What steps will you take? What risks will you take? What uncertainty will you step into? And I want you to track it all the way back to exactly where you are right now to that first doable step that moves you towards that best case scenario that is your story of what happens. And then I want you to ask yourself about this doable step. Can I do this? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, because you tracked it back to where you are. You wrote that doable step. So if it's not a doable step, why did you write it? What is the doable step? All right, write the doable step. Ask yourself, can I do this step? The answer is yes. Three, two, one, Go. And you do it. You take the step. You take the step and you get the result and then you learn from it and you take the next step. This is how we create the story of our our future best case scenario 
and then we live it and we make it our truth. But it doesn't just stop there, because in this preparation phase, I also want you to think about this. And this is where a lot of people, oh, when they when they create goals, they really set themselves up to, to choose failure later on. It's that often we don't prepare ourselves for the best case scenario to actually occur. We take action like it might occur, but then we don't let ourselves believe that it's going to occur. And so we're not prepared for when it occurs. So typically what I see people doing is they tell me what it is that they want to do. And I'm like, okay, so great. You got this goal in mind. You got this. You're going to, you're going to head towards this goal here and you're going to reach it. Then what happens? And most of the time it's like, oh, well, then I'll be happy. Then life will be good. And it's like in our heads, we imagine this Walt Disney happy ever after end scene kind of scenario happening. And life is just great. We don't struggle anymore. Life will be good. And we'll just like everything that happens from then on. We won't have to do anything anymore. We won't have to struggle really hard. Life will just be better then. And then it'll just be a good life, right? And then there's, it's all good because I did the goal. And so now I've, I've cracked the code. I've done the life thing. And now life is good for me. No, that's not how life works. When you get to the goal, life is still going to be life. It's still going to be 50-50. So the question is, what happens after? So often when people do something they're worried about, and then they, they plan for the good result, and then they get the good result, and then they're not prepared to accommodate for the outcome of the good result, and so they end up losing the momentum of the outcome, and then proving their worry to be correct by subconsciously giving away possibility, and then they go right back to their story of worry again and be like, see, look, I knew I should have worried, I knew I should have followed worry. And then they just don't let themselves try again. And I just want you to recognize this is why this happens. Are you prepared for the best case scenario to happen? You need to be prepared for the best case scenario to happen, my friends. It's not going to be like fireworks go off and it's like everyone congratulates you and said, oh my God, look, you finally made it. Here's the key to your life. It's just going to work for you now and everything's going to be great and you're never going to struggle anymore and you'll always be happy and it'll always feel good. And, you know, just here's that key that you've been struggling for. We were just waiting here at this finish line to give it to you so you can get on to that life and... We'll see you on the other side. Bye. That's not that's not how it happens. And I'm laughing about this because I, I realized that I played this scenario out in my head. Like, I imagined that this is what life was going to be like. I was just going to, you know, reach the goal. And then I this like, happily ever, like, they, finally someone was going to come out and be like, oh, my God, you finally figured out life. Now we can hand you the key to your happy life and you get to go live it now. And like, it's just going to be completely different on the other side. But the truth is, when we hit these goals, life is still life on the other side. So the question is, what are you going to do? What are you prepared for? What happens after? What happens after you get that best case scenario? What do you do? Prepare for it like it's a fact, like it will happen. And you are ready for that life that comes after the best case scenario. So when you get the best case scenario, what happens next? When you get the job, what happens next? You've got to do the job. Okay, so what are you going to do to be prepared to do that job? And and what's the next goal? What's the next milestone that we're heading towards? Are we are we heading towards wanting to be employee of the month? Are we heading towards wanting a promotion? What's what's the next thing? What do we do afterwards? Because most of us, it's like we hit the goal and then we think we can just coast through life. And then what ends up happening is we lose the momentum, we stop following possibility, and then everything starts falling apart and we're like, Oh my God, this is why I didn't try this in the first place. Oh my God, this this is what I was so worried about happening. See, I knew I should have worried. I knew I should have done. And then we like act as if it's a fact that it just, it was going to happen and that we have to live it now. But the truth is we created that because we believed that we would just hit the goal and life would be happily ever after. It would stop being life. But life is still going to be life on the other side. So I want you in your preparation to not only prepare for how you're going to get to the, the best case scenario, but then I want you to think about what happens after the best case scenario. How are you prepared for that life? And then you start 
taking action today as if it's a fact. This is so crucial here, my friends. It is so crucial for the steps you will take when you actually reach the goal, but it's also crucial for the steps you're going to take now preparing for the goal. Taking steps as if you already know best case scenario happened and you're prepared for it to happen. You're ready for it to happen because it's going to happen. And then I know what I'm going to do afterwards. Because when you take action, as if it's just a fact that the best case, best case scenario is happening, the actions that you take become unstoppable. And if you don't believe me, I challenge you to try it. I challenge you to work with me and master this. I promise it works. All of my clients will tell you the same. They're out there blowing their own damn minds with what, it, what they're capable of doing when they take action from that story of best case scenario as if it's already happened. And they're prepared for what happens next. They're not living in this delusional state where it's like, well, I'm going to hit, I'm going to get the goal and then I'm going to be happy and then life will be good. No, I'm going to hit the goal. I'm going to be proud of myself for, for a few minutes about all of the work that I did to hit that goal and the fact that I'm capable of hitting goals. And then life is going to keep being life. And then I get to move on and create something new and keep moving. This is life. We're going to life life until life is not lifing anymore, my friends. And life doesn't stop lifing until you're dead. So as long as you're on this planet, I mean, unless you plan on dying as soon as you hit your goal, life is still going to be life after you life it until that point. <laughs> oh, I'm making life a new, it's now a verb, we're lifing. Instead of living, we're lifing, okay? So my friends, I need you to, to when you are preparing for what your best best possible case scenario is here in this situation. Also prepare for what happens afterwards. So this is just a brief outline of some steps you can take to start taking this experience of worry back and change your relationship with worry. Empower yourself in your relationship with worry. That's what I wanted to offer you all for today. So again, let's just recap here. First thing to do is to recognize and name it that worry is happening. Then we want to recognize worry is an imaginary and optional story being created by the primitive brain. Then we want to not resist the story, just listen to it. Listen through the lens of recognizing that it is an optional story. It cannot hurt you. Just let it be there. By resisting it, we make it stronger because we believe it's true and that's why we need to resist it. But we don't need to resist it. It's just a story. It, it can be there. It's not true. So so what if it's there? It's like, oh my god, no, I can't I can't watch The Walking Dead because that's that could be true. You know, and then and so I can't watch it because I've got to resist it being a true story. So if, if it's just a fake story, we don't need to resist it. It's just a story. So we don't resist it, but we also don't follow it. So it doesn't use up so much of our creative bandwidth. We just look at it, listen to it, listen for the fictional story as if it's an audio book or a television show. We hear what it believes the worst case scenario is. And then we make a plan for that worst case scenario. Then we release the responsibility of that story because we recognize, okay, I've got a plan. If that happens, you know, I've got a plan, but that's not what we're focusing on because that's not going to happen. Then we drop the focus there on the worst case scenario. And we recognize that's not even the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that I don't even, I don't even take action and find out what I'm capable of. And then sixth, we create the story. The last thing we do is we create the story of the best case scenario. We do it in as much detail as we can. And then we work backwards from that best case scenario to where we are right now. We also work forward from that best case scenario and imagine what will we do afterwards? What happens afterwards? And then we work back to where we are now with what skills we will want to learn to make that happen, what things we'll want to practice, what actions we'll want to take, what things we'll want to read, all of those things. And we find what is my next doable step? We ask ourselves, is this my doable step? The answer is yes. Three, two, one, take the step get the result, rinse and repeat if necessary, then take the next step. And lastly, remember 
what you want to do when that best case scenario happens. Not if, when that best case scenario happens. Remember this the entire time you are taking steps because it is happening. And keep moving forward from that space of knowing that it is happening. And when you get to the timeline and it happens, you know what to do next. This is how you become unstoppable in your life. And even if you get a different result, it doesn't matter because it's not the end of the story. So you rinse, repeat, you take actions again, and then guess what? The next time you approach that 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 deadline, that boundary, that, that border of the, the goal, you're that much more prepared to cross it like the badass that you are and prepared for what happens on the other side. This is how you become unstoppable in taking actions, my friends. This is how you become unstoppable as a human being who experiences worry. Worry, not a problem. We can feel it and we can use it. Following it is an option. Following it is when we end up choosing the worst case scenario ahead of time. I want you all to be masters of your worry here. I want you all to put worry in its place. Take the pen back from worry. Recognize it's there. Okay, I see your story you've written over there. That's cool. That's cool. That's a, that, Okay, that's a story. If that happens, I've, I've got a plan for it. Cool that you wrote that story over there. Now let's focus on what we want in life. What do we want? What are we going to do when that happens? And then we take action from that space of knowing I make this happen. So what do I do right now to make that happen? You have all of the power to do this and put this into practice, my friends. Let me know how it goes for you when you put this into practice. And when you're ready to really master this and go to the next level with your life, I'm here for you, okay? So, www.lifecoachseth.com. When you're ready to truly master this and put this into practice in your life and become unstoppable, I'm here for you. Just reach out and let's figure out how my coaching is going to help you become an unstoppable, authentic badass in owning your life, all right? Master your worry. That's what I want for every single one of you. I love you all, and I'll talk to you again here next week. Ciao. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the content of this podcast. If you did, please subscribe so that you're one of the first people to know when I release a new episode each week. If you have any questions or if you have interest in learning more about the coaching that I do with my clients one-on-one, then just head over to my website at www.lifecoachseth.com. That's www.lifecoachseth.com. There you're going to have the ability to reach out to me for questions that you might have or to book your free discovery call with me to discuss what one-on-one coaching with me might be like for you. You can also check out and order your copy of my book to get a taste of what I'm all about as a person and as a coach. I'm so happy that you joined us today and I hope to have you here again next week. So until then, let authenticity be the guide to your most unstoppable and fulfilling journey of life. 